Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Hello and welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and this week I want to talk to you a little bit about lunar eclipse magic. So we have a lunar eclipse coming up on the 19th of November, and this is a partial lunar eclipse, but it's pretty significant in that it really looks like it's going to cover quite a bit of the moon. So we're going to get that really lovely uh, eclipse look happening up there in the sky when the moon turns reddish. And uh, this is actually going to be a very long lunar eclipse. So we're looking at from start to finish. So when it starts to get covered up until the time when it is completely uncovered again, uh, about six hours, which is pretty lengthy. And here on the west coast of the U.S. uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area, we are expecting to see this begin, this process begin around 10 p.m. on the 18th and to finish up around 4 a.m. on the 19th with the full eclipse happening, I believe it's around 1 a.m. Pacific time. So if you're interested in checking out the eclipse and you're like me, then you probably will set your alarm (laughs) And then it will go off and you'll go, oh my God, why did I do that? What's What am I doing? <laughs> why is the alarm going off at 1 a.m.? <laughs> um, but I would encourage you to check out what times uh, the eclipse correlates in your area, what time you would be able to see it. And if you have a clear night, consider setting your alarm and going out to check it out because lunar eclipses are pretty cool looking. And we do get a couple of them every year that we're able to go out and see. Now, just know that if you live in a place where it is cloudy or like here, we've had so much fog or foggy um, and you can't see the sky, it doesn't mean that the energy is not there. It doesn't mean you can't work with the eclipse. What it does mean is that you can't see it visually, but it's still there. It's not um, out of sight and unreachable. It is out of sight, but still energetically beaming itself down on you. So there are actually three types of eclipses. I'm just going to talk a little bit about eclipses here. I know uh, Veronica and I did an episode on moon magic some time back, I think back, back, back in the beginning of crafting up this podcast. So if you're curious about listening to that and a, a little learning a little more about moon magic, you can go back in the archives and find that one. Um, but for right now, I just want to talk a little bit about eclipses in general and just sort of the science of them. So an eclipse occurs when the, a lunar eclipse occurs when the earth is shadowing the moon. And this can happen in three different ways. So there's three different types of eclipses. So one of them is, I'm going to totally say this wrong. So if somebody wants to um, (laughs) write me and correct me, please do so. But uh, the first one is a prenumbral eclipse. And that's when the outer edges of that shadow is just going along the outer edges of the moon. So often we don't even notice when this happens because it's so subtle, but it is still considered a type of eclipse. 
A partial eclipse is when the shadow of the earth partially covers the moon. And that can be, you know, a significant portion like the one that we're going to see this week, or it could be a much smaller portion. So maybe only a quarter of the moon is um, blocked out by the shadow, but it still is, you can still see the light of the moon from that. And then we have a total eclipse and that's when it goes fully dark. And uh, I believe we actually had one of these was it earlier this year or late last year? I just know I set my alarm and got up and went out and looked and it was, I went out pretty much when it was at its pinnacle. So I watched it go completely dark, which actually looks really red. If you've ever seen a lunar eclipse, often when it is completely shadowed, it it appears reddish um, or orangey red in the sky. And then, uh, as you know, the shadow begins to move away, you start to see that bright silvery light come back through. So that is a total eclipse. Um, and we get those periodically as well. So there's three kinds of eclipses and those, those are those kinds. Uh, and they usually happen, I think it's um, two to five times a year. I could be wrong. I, I wrote it down and to be honest with you, friends, I can't read my handwriting. <laughs> I'm a terrible note taker. Um, Anyway, some magic practitioners believe that one should not do any magic during an eclipse. Um, other people will say that you can do magic, but if you're a new practitioner, you shouldn't do it because it's dangerous or too chaotic. Um, other people will speak directly. I mean, I've, I've read so much on this, but other people have spoken to uh, not doing any magic that is manifestation magic. It's not a time to charge your crystals. Uh, those types of statements I've heard made. And the argument there is that because it's chaotic energy, because it tends to be relatively intense energy, um, it's not a great time to try to put your, I guess, your intentions out there um, and instead to let just whatever's going to come, come to the surface. That being said, there are people out there who fully believe that the eclipses actually supercharge whatever it is that you're doing. So if you're casting a spell, this spell not only has that full moon abundant energy in it, now it's got this supercharge to it because of the eclipse. So there's multiple schools of thought out there, and I am not here to tell you which one is right. I just did air quotes. I know you can't see me, but I did. Uh, I'm not here to tell you which one is right because I don't know what's right for you, and I don't know what's right for your own belief. And I tend to, in the spiritual realm, believe that uh, we all can choose our own path and that we all are going to channel energies through ourselves in different ways. And therefore, we're going to have a different experience of a given energy like an eclipse. And for some of us, that might be chaotic and it might not feel good and it might not be the time for us to do magic. And for others, you might feel empowered and supercharged and be ready to really dive into um, doing some workings that need that extra oomph. So I'm going to leave that up to you to decide. And if you have never worked with eclipse energy before, I would also just invite you to like hang with it. What's it like for you to part of doing magic, I believe, is really getting to know yourself. It's not just take these herbs or say this incantation or draw these cards or, you know, light this candle. It's about knowing yourself and knowing what it feels like for you to tune into the world around you to attune to the world around you. 
So if you've never works with, worked with Eclipse Magic, but we're coming up to this eclipse and you're like, I want to do something, I would invite you to maybe just meditate. Take some time to really sit with what that energy feels like. I know for me, one of my favorite things to do during an eclipse is just sit out in the yard with a blanket and a cup of tea and just be with it. There's not, not always something you have to do. Sometimes you can just be with it and notice how do you feel? What thoughts are coming up? What's your energy like as you sit there and bask in that eclipse energy? This is probably one of the most important lessons that I have learned on my own journey. Uh, and coupled with that is the word patience. So often as we are exploring our own spiritual path, or I can speak for myself, so often as I have explored my own spiritual path, I've had that feeling of, I want to learn all the things. I want to do all the things. I want to do this right now. And that's part of who I am. I happen to be somebody who likes to do stuff and, and learn things and, you know, I don't want to wait. But one of the key components to my own practice has been learning to wait learning to tune in, learning to listen and to feel and to see what's happening before I go and dive into a spell or a ritual or a ceremony. So that I would just invite you again, I'll reiterate, I'll just invite you to hang out with that lunar eclipse energy um, from Thursday into Friday and see what comes up for you. Learn a little bit more about your relationship, not just to the full moon, but to a lunar eclipse during the full moon. So that being said, I want to just talk a little bit about um, some of the ways you might think about the eclipse. And really, this is coming through my filter. So this is my own personal stance on what eclipse energy and eclipse magic feels like, can be used for, etc. Um, really, I think that one of the things you can think about in terms of a total eclipse, and even this partial eclipse that we're about to have that is, you know, pretty total. <laughs> it's not a total eclipse, but it's, it's really covering the moon a lot. You can think about this cycle that's happening in a total, we'll just use a total eclipse for, um, for, being in sync with with what what is true about this. When we move through a total lunar eclipse, the moon essentially is moving through an entire lunar cycle visually within one night. Let me say that again. When we move through a total lunar eclipse, the moon is essentially moving through a full lunar cycle in one night visually. So we see, you know, what happens during the month as we, we watch the moon from new to full to new again is that this shadow of the earth is moving across the moon and it's creating different levels of darkness. So on a full moon, when we have a total lunar eclipse, that shadow is coming across in a different way and it's creating, a, it's moving through at a different pace. So we end up getting this you know, slowly darkening moon, moving into the dark, which you could equate potentially with the dark or new moon, and then moving into the light again, becoming open and vi seen, visible once more. So thinking about that, thinking about that as perhaps maybe a supercharged energy, maybe we get that full moon, abundant juiciness casting itself down on us, pulling on our inner tides. And then we also get this movement from 
full to new to full once again, all within one night, cycling and cycling. When we're, when we're hanging out with that moon energy and we think about that fast-paced cycle that goes through one night versus going through an entire month, I think it's really important to consider grounding as, as a potent tool in tuning into those energies. So really getting yourself rooted down Um, especially if you're very sensitive to energies around you. You know, we all have different levels of sensitivity. We all take in different energies differently. So it might be that you're really sensitive to, uh, I don't know, the energy of people around you, but you're not as tapped into the natural rhythms around you or vice versa. We, We all experience the world through our own personal filter. So if you happen to be really susceptible to the moon, if you find that that full moon energy normally kind of makes you a little wonky, and many of us do at, at varying degrees, you know, some, some people don't feel it much at all and other people are just whew, really feeling all the feels. So if you tend to be somebody who feels a lot of the feels, it can be a really good tool, really important to ground yourself down, even if you're just going to go sit out under that moon and feel that energy of that cycle of that eclipse. Grounding yourself can be anything from physically putting your body on the earth against a tree trunk to envisioning yourself driving roots down beneath you or a grounding taproot beneath you um, to really connect to the soil, to connect down into that mama earth pure energy. And feel yourself land, not just on the earth, but also in your body which is part of the earth and in your own presence and in this moment. So utilizing that as a tool to help you stay rooted while you let that eclipse energy move through can be really helpful, especially in allowing you to experience and differentiate kind of what your own feeling is uh, versus, you know, I'm completely overwhelmed right now. I hope that made sense. Um, Anyway, so eclipse energy can really create or invite uh, revelations, right? I like to think about the the eclipses, the lunar eclipses and solar eclipses actually as being sort of this veil, right? We're pulling, the veil is pulled over and then it is lifted. And as that veil is being pulled over, we are invited inside of ourselves. So as we move into ourselves and we maybe turn our vision inward, turn our awareness inward, we might be able to discover there what is ready to be unveiled so that as the moon begins to reemerge, or if you were looking at a solar eclipse, as the sun begins to reemerge, we begin to pull back that veil and allow these things to come to the surface. I believe that during the eclipse is a really powerful time to do some inner work, to bump up against our shadow edges to explore, especially because the moon is so associated with feeling, to really explore um, what feelings we might be holding down, avoiding, not maybe dealing with, and, and ask them, notice them, ask them if they're ready to come to the surface, see if they're ready to have the veil pulled back on them. I also, just using another metaphor, um, or as an example, I think about that eclipse time as being sort of a mirror. So as that shadow comes down, not only is it a veil, but it 
it asks us to turn our attention inward, which essentially is giving us a mirror to look at ourselves in. We're really examining what's happening inside. And mirrors are portals. So it's it's an invitation to step into ourselves, to step through the portal of self and into our own shadow, into our own experience, into our own energy and emotion. Um, and again, what's ready to come up? What's ready to see the light? What's ready to be worked with? These are all really great questions to be asking at the eclipse, in my opinion. I got to throw that in my opinion in there, you know. Just so you know. <laughs> An eclipse can help you make space, right? Because by going in and unveiling something, you're allowing something to move up and out and create more space internally, more space in your emotional body, in your spiritual body. Some people talk about eclipses as being a good time to banish or conceal. I tend to think of them more as a time of resurfacing versus uh, casting out. Now, again, this is all through my own lens. So you have to tune in and see what feels right for you in relationship to that. Um, But I will just say that I do think uh, instead of banishing, what if we bring something to the surface, examine it, explore it, uh, and move move with it. There might be pieces of it that we want to hang on to, pieces of it that we can transform versus cast out, if that makes sense. So however you decide to work with the eclipse um, or not, or decide not to work with the eclipse, um, I would just really invite you to to learn a little bit more about your association with it, what it feels like, as I said, spend some time with it. It's a great time to do some journaling. Uh, it's also a great time to pull some cards and, you know, ask some of these questions around, you know, what is ready to be unveiled, what is ready to be looked at and seen, uh, and and maybe ask some questions around what tools can I use to do this? Uh, that's the beauty of using cards is that you can ask your own questions. You can create your own spreads and discover some answers to some questions that um, that you might ask only at this time, or I don't know. These are all good questions to ask at many times, but they can be amplified during this time of the eclipse. So I wish you all a wonderful full moon, a wonderful eclipse full moon. This full moon is in Taurus, and Taurus likes that comfort, that um, stability. It's a fixed sign. Uh, fixed earth sign. So it likes to have itself rooted, very rooted. And an eclipse can be not that. So so if you do find yourself feeling unsettled, that may be part of the reason. Uh, But to tap in and just be gentle with yourself and uh, make some room, make some room for whatever's ready to come up. So just a short one this week, my friends just wanted to check in about that eclipse lunar magic. And I will talk to you all very, very soon. Be well. 
If you want to add a little bit of moon magic to your own practice or just your life in general, hop on over to my website, wisewomanwitchery.com and click on the tab for the lunar calendar. There's a free 2022 lunar calendar there that you can sign up for and get sent to your inbox and download and print. And then you can track where the moon is at at any given time. Now, there aren't any eclipses on that one, but it will tell you when the full and new moons are, as well as the first quarter and third quarter moons. So you'll have a guide to help you through every month. You can be like, huh, I'm feeling kind of funny. Wonder what's going on in the sky right now. And take a peek and you'll know. Enjoy, friends. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by you can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you could do all those things. You could just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or, wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. <laughs> must be so- there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.